Happy Easter, and thank you for your steadfast dedication to our Lord Jesus Christ. In this celebration of our Lord's resurrection, Pastor Lau and Pastor Da would like to welcome you to the following Easter message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's teaching that will change your life with love, joy, and peace in Jesus. And now, Pastor Lau. Praise God. Are you glad that we can come to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for coming here and spending time with us in the presence of the Lord and in His house. Today, I would like to bring you the message of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Since I have known Jesus and serving the Lord, I know one thing is that our God is a progressive God, and He has the best plan, an awesome plan for our life. And we know that as we follow Him, we're going to get into the new things that He has prepared for us. When Jesus was crucified and died, I believe that the enemy felt that Christianity is done away with. But He is wrong. The devil is wrong. Because now we can see people here, sitting here, worshipping Jesus, and many nations in the world are worshipping Jesus right now. Christianity still go on because Christ was raised from the dead. Amen? Amen. And we do not worship the dead God. I used to worship the dead God. We have the bone in the jar. But now, we don't have the bone of Jesus. We worship the living God who is in heaven and praying for us, interceding for us right now. Amen? Amen. Today, we're going to learn what does Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday mean to us? And what is the practical point that we can learn from the story of Jesus' resurrection? What significance does it play in our life today? I believe the Bible is very relevant and very practical to all of us. I may read a few passages of the scripture, but I could not read all of them because of the limited time. In order to understand the meanings of resurrection of Jesus Christ, we need to go back in the time machine together today. I'm going to lead you back to the time machine into the day when Jesus was taken to the cross and understand what happened on that day in order to understand the whole thing about resurrection of Jesus. I'm going to start to read from the book of Mark, chapter 15, verses 16 to 20. The soldiers led Jesus away in the palace and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him then twisted together a crowd of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews. Again and again, they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. 
Then they led him out to crucify him. We're going to go back to 2,000 years plus together now. We see Jesus standing there. He was arrested, and the band of soldiers were surrounding him. And what next? They took his clothes off and put the purple robe on him. In that generation, the purple robe signifies dignity and honor. It was used by the highest-ranking officer of the Roman Empire, and they began to mock him, insult him, began to ridicule him, say, "Hail the King of the Jews!" They were very rude to him. You see the picture now. One soldier walking. With a prideful attitude, in his hand there was a crown of thorn with thick two and three inches thorn on that crown, and then jam on his head. When you see that picture, I believe you can sense the pain that was shooting down from his head into his body. Not only that, they blindfolded him and then began to hit him, spit on him, and say, "If you are the Messiah." You are a prophet. Prophesize right now. Who is hitting you? They were very mean to him, and after that, they put the clothes back, bow down, and start to really ridicule him that he is the king of the Jews. You see that every single second in that scene, Jesus had some pain. He was rejected. He was ridiculed. He. Really has to suffer the pain of rejection, the pain that he has to go through for all of us. He was born as a human like you and me. Don't think that he did not have pain. He had pain. He suffered for all of us. He took all the shame to himself for us, so that we can have the glory of the Lord. He took all the pain so that we can have a new life. He took all the things that we deserve to receive, so that we can have the blessing from God. Actually, Jesus at that moment could have called the legion of angels into the world, into that scene, and wiped out all of these soldiers in one second, in maybe five miles diameter, or the surrounding all would be gone. But Jesus did not do that. He knew that the cup that he has to bear was very hard, but he said, "Not my will, but Thy will be done." Jesus was totally obedient to the Father. He was willing to be tortured, suffered, because he loved us and he loved the Father so much, and so that we can have the super abundant life. He was willing to suffer for all of us. Jesus. Was the son of the living God? Then the soldier took him to the hill called the Skull. At that place, they jammed long nails into his hand and his feet on the cross, that wooden cross. As a neurosurgeon, I know very well how he would have felt, because I perform carpal tunnel surgery all the time. Carpal tunnel surgery—you cut open here and cut off the ligament 
to relieve the median nerve. It's a big nerve about half centimeter in size. That nail went through that nerve, and it would be very painful. That's why we call that kind of nerve pain excruciating pain. Excruciating come from the word out of the cross. Cruciating, out of the cross. The pain from nailing onto the cross. He has to face sorrow, rejection, shame, suffering for all of us because he loves us so much. Then the Bible continues to say in Luke chapter 23, verses 39 to 43. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you are the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too. Why you are at it? But the other criminal protested. Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. In the darkest hour of his life, painful and suffering time, he was still loving sinners. He's still reaching out, giving out, showing compassion. At that moment, he told the man, you're going to see me in paradise today. He was still loving and reaching out to Criminal, the worst people in that generation. That is Jesus that we worship and we serve. The Jesus that's still alive today, he still loves you and he wants to reach out to you. He wants to help you and save you. Then what happened next? The sun refused to shine the light during that day. When he was nailed to the cross and he said, God, God. Why you have forsaken me? In other words, the Father in heaven turned away his face from Jesus. Because all the sins and the curses of mankind were put on his body at that moment. The Father rejected him and forsook him. Jesus was forsaken so that we can be accepted by God. It's an unreasonable exchange that happened. He was put to death. So that we can have life. He took our sin so that we can have his righteousness. He was rejected so that we can be accepted by the Father. Then Luke chapter 23 verse 46. The Bible says, Jesus called out with a loud voice. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he has said this, he breathed his last. Actually, no one killed Jesus. He gave up his own life. Normally, people died on the cross after 48 hours. After 48 hours, they lost water. They lost blood. They did not die right away. There is a more suffering and torturing way of killing people, hanging people on the cross, losing blood. The bird will come and pick your eyes and pick your body. But Jesus died within three hours. Very quickly, because he gave up his spirit for all of us. He died so that we can have life. Then Matthew chapter 27 verse 54 say, The Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. 
They said, "Why they said this? Because at that time the sun stopped shining, the earthquake happened. This very earth that was spoken into existence by the Creator named Jesus Christ revolted. The crucifixion, the earth was so upset that the Creator of it was tortured and crucified by the enemy." Then this Roman soldier exclaimed, "This man truly was the Son of God." Even his enemies, the Roman soldier, could not deny Jesus was the Son of the Living God by all the evidence that they saw with their own eyes. Then Matthew twenty-seven verse fifty-one. I'm trying to lead you to resurrection. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary. Of the temple was torn into two, from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart. Wow, what a scene there! The whole earth was so revolting against this death of the Son of God. But the good news about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus is that on that day, the veil. In front of the most holy place of the holy of holies, was torn by the power of God from the top to the bottom. Why did it happen? You need to understand that in the Old Testament, the presence of God was not everywhere. The presence of God was with the Ark of the Covenant, and the presence of God was in the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was placed. So the presence of God was not with people. In that generation, only certain people have the anointing on them, but the regular people like you and me will not have the presence of God. At that moment, when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn, and the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, came out from that temple, that room that was built by man. Now, the presence of God, the Spirit of God, is living. Inside and on every believer, that's why the Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. My dear brother and sister, if you are the believer, you need to understand one thing: wherever you are, wherever you go, because you believe in Jesus, you gave your life to Jesus, you are not alone. The presence of God is with you, in you, and on you everywhere you go. During I performed the surgery, the Spirit of God was with me. Guided me everything I need to perform surgery. When I drive, the Holy Spirit was guiding me. When I look at the X-ray of my patients, the Holy Spirit was with me and guiding me. And I'm so glad I don't have to be alone because God is with me. The Holy Spirit is helping me everywhere that I go. Amen. But the story is not done. After Jesus. Gave up his life and breathed his last breath, and the Holy Spirit came out. There must be something more to happen. At that time, in John chapter twenty, a woman disciple called Mary Magdalene went to the tomb where Jesus' body was buried. And when he went, she arrived at the tomb. She saw two angels on each side. Of the place where Jesus' body was placed, she did not see the body of Jesus. 
She began to say, "Who stole the body? Who took the body away?" You need to understand one thing: if the resurrection of Jesus Christ is not a real historical event that happened 2,000 years ago, believe me, so many people in that generation, including the Roman Empire, his enemy, everybody that hated Jesus, will be able to prove that our faith in Jesus has a resurrected God is a false or is Not real. So far, no one in the history could disprove the resurrection of Jesus Christ at all, including the Roman government. Amen. So his body disappeared, but suddenly Jesus was standing behind her. She turned back, and let me read from John chapter 20, verses 16 to 17. She turned back and saw that man. She was thinking that Jesus was a gardener. She could not recognize him at the beginning. He was in a new body, glorious body. And then Jesus said to her, "Mary." She turned to him and cried out, "Rabboni," which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said. Don't touch me. Don't cling to me, Jesus said. For I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father. Capital F, and your Father. Capital F, to my God and your God. Now, we are standing there looking at Mary Magdalene, who met Jesus and recognized that Jesus was the Rabbi, was the teacher, was the Messiah, and definitely the excitement come up, and she want to go and hug him and grab him, but Jesus say, "Wait a minute, don't cling to me." Don't touch me. Do you know why Jesus said that? If you read the scripture carefully, you will find out that because he has not finished his job yet. Later on, when you read the book of John, you find out that he showed up in a room where all the disciples were praying, and he even told the doubtful Thomas, "Touch my hand. Put your finger into the hole in my hand." Why many days later the disciple could touch his body? But at that moment, he said, "Don't touch me! Don't cling to me!" How many people know the reason? Because at that moment, he still have his blood in his body. The blood, the sacrificial blood to set us free from sin, was still on his body. If you read the book of Hebrews, chapter seven, chapter nine, you will find out what happened in the Old Testament. And what happened at the time of resurrection? Let me tell you the story. In the most holy place, inside the Ark of the Covenant, with the mercy seat on it, that was where the presence of God was. And after Jesus was crucified, the presence of God left that place into the believer. In the Old Testament, once a year, the high priest. Would have to purify himself, dress special, nice robe, and walk into that room once a year and sprinkle the blood of the animal, sacrificial animal, to make an atonement or to cover. Okay, listen carefully. To cover, not to wash out. To cover the sins of the children of Israel once a year, all the sin of this nation that they make 
one year will be covered by the blood of the animal, the sacrificial animal. This high priest have to go in with the rope on his body. Somebody outside can tuck him, because according to the law, if this high priest make any mistake in doing the ceremony of sprinkling the blood and doing the incense. The incense will have the smoke to come up to cover the seed. If he make one mistake, he would drop dead. This is how serious about the atonement or to cover the sin of the people. He need to honor the presence of God there, and that happened once a year for only one nation, the nation of Israel. Jesus is the Lamb of God. That's what John the Baptist said. This is the Lamb of God who died for the sin of the whole world. After Jesus was resurrected, the blood is still on him. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, he went up to heaven, not to the temple in Jerusalem. He went up to the temple in heaven. He went into the most holy place in heavenly temple. And he sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat in heaven. That blood saved all of us once for all. Actually, saved all men, including non-believers. But if you are not a believer, you reject his blood. You cannot be saved. You need to receive his forgiveness, his sacrificial blood, to cleanse you from all the sin. After he did that, he came back. And he met the disciple. He said, "Now you can touch me, because I did my part. It's done deal already." At that moment, at the tomb, he has not gone up to heaven yet. So don't cling to me. I have to go. Don't touch me. I still have the blood that need to lay down on that altar for you. You see the picture now. What is the good news of the resurrection Sunday? The good news. Is that God the Father accepted the blood of Jesus Christ that has been shed for us, paid for all the sin, the past, the present, and the future sin of all mankind who received Jesus into their life. That is the good news. We don't need to hang on our neck the guilt, the condemnation, the sin that we. Practice. He sent the Holy Spirit into us so that we can overcome all the sin that we used to be in bondage with. Thank God, He went up there. If Jesus did not come back to life and went up to the throne room of God, our sins still stuck with us. Is that right? But because He was the Lamb of God, He was both the High Priest Himself. He went into the Holy of Holies in heaven, and He was also the Lamb. That sprinkled the blood on the altar. The Bible says that He gave us in the book of Hebrews. He gave us eternal redemption or eternal release from sin. Thank God, a wretched man like me, a sinful man like me, who committed so many sin in my life and even commit sin sometime today, I can depend on the blood of Jesus Christ. He forgave me. He took away my sin. He paid the price of the wages of sin for me, once for all. 
That is the good news. I don't need to walk around with guilt. I don't call myself a sinner anymore. I am the righteous man or the saint of God because the blood of Jesus has cleansed me. Amen. That is the good news. Why is good? Because the high priest have to go in once a year and just to cover. When you have a pile of wood and you cover with a blanket, are you still seeing something under the blanket? I mean, see the bulging. But when Jesus sprinkled his blood on the altar, it's not covered. We call wash away completely. Our sins are Watch away completely. That's why the Bible says that our covenant with God today is better than the old covenant. The old covenant is about covering. The new covenant is about watching completely away. Zero left. All gone. When Jesus looked at you today, when you receive the blood of Jesus, you receive him into your life, he would not see your sin anymore. It's all gone. The book of Hebrews, Ruth chapter 7, verse 22 to 25, because of his oath, Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. Everyone say better. Now there have been many of those priests, those high priests, since death prevented them from continuing in office, or these priests died one day. They did not live forever, the priests that went into the most holy place. But because Jesus lived forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely. Everyone say completely. Not just cover. Not just a little bit. Completely. Those who come to God through him. Because he always lived to intercede for them. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6. But the ministry Jesus had received is a superior to their. They mean the high priest in the Old Testament. At the covenant of which he is mediator is superior to the old one. And it is founded on better promise. We are living in a generation with a better covenant and better promise. In this generation, by the strife of Jesus Christ, we can be healed from sickness and disease. I just got a letter from Texas. This lady listened to our YouTube and she gave her life to Jesus. She could not sleep for many years. She needed to turn on ghost movie in order to wake up and go to sleep because she worked night shift. While she was listening to the YouTube, the spirit of the living Jesus touched her. She got totally healed. She wrote to me a letter to say thank to New Hope International Church that put the teaching in the YouTube. And she is now sleep like a baby. And she can wake up on time. She doesn't need to watch God's movie any longer. Amen? It's better because we can be healed. We can be provided. It's a great promise of God. Psalm chapter 32 verse 2 say, Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose life are lived in complete honesty. Romans chapter 4 verse 8, Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. I like that word, clear the record. If you are in debt with somebody, maybe $500 debt, and you come and the person who you have to pay the debt back, say, I clear your record. I tear it and I burn it in the fire. Are you glad if your debt is clear? Clear from the record. 
That's what Jesus did. He cleared our record of wrongdoing, of our mistake, our iniquities and sin. It's a good news. Therefore, if the devil come to you and say, "You remember five years ago you did this," you say, "God doesn't remember. I don't remember either." If some of your friend come to you and try to remind you of your past mistake, you say, "I'm sorry, I forget," because my record has been cleared by the blood of Jesus Christ. Are you glad about that? Yes. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Now you may think that, oh, Pastor, you give people ticket to sin again and again. No, because First John chapter three verses nine to ten, the Bible say, those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning, because God's life is in them, so they cannot keep on sinning, because they are children of God. So now we can tell who are children of God. And who are children of the devil? Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. If you really born again and believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit will come into your life, and He will begin to change you little by little. You're going to become less and less sinful. You will hate sin, and you will love righteousness because your love for God and the power of the Holy Spirit, you become less and less sinful. Come to this point, some of you may say, "Pastor, I'm going to believe in Jesus after I clean up my act, after I stop doing all the bad things. That is the wrong approach." God say, "Come to Him, the way you are now, and I will change you from glory to glory. I will make you a new creature. I will help you to live a victorious life. I will die for you." I was raised from the dead. I show you that I have victory over death and sin. So, if my spirit live in you, you can have victory over death and sin as well. Please come to God the way you are, and that's what happened to me. I was so sinful when I got saved 30 years ago, but God changed me little by little by the power of the blood, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and His Word. The power of resurrection. So the first thing we learn is that the resurrection means that our sins are forgiven. And then remember, what Jesus said to Mary Magdalene, "Go to tell other." What is next? What does it mean? Resurrection. It's too good to keep it to ourselves. It's too good to just keep our mouth shut. I remember, I got saved on one Saturday night. In Bangkok, right away, this is a true story. Right away, I went home and I told my younger sister, "I became a Christian now. Oh, God is so good. Why don't you come and learn about Jesus?" She came with me next week, watched the movie Jesus Made by Campus Crusade. She got saved that night. She accepted Jesus. Then I went to the hospital and told the chief nurse at the floor in Bangkok, "This is a neurosurgery floor." I say, "Chief nurse." Can I have permission to show Jesus movie? She said, "Sure." So I set up a room, showed Jesus movie to many patients and nurses that night. About three people accepted Jesus Christ that night. I could not keep it to myself because I met the living God. God said, "Go tell people that I am still alive, and I have the best plan for you. I come to die for you, and I give you the super abundant life. My precious blood." Has been shed for you, and you are forgiven now. 
Amen. But when you tell people this good news, don't go to tell them this way. You're so sinful. The fires of hell are waiting for you. You're gonna be burned in the fires. No, don't tell people that way. You tell the good news, not the bad news. The good news is Jesus loved you. Jesus has good things for you. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, Do you despise the riches of His goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? When we share the good news, we tell about the goodness of God. Don't emphasize their sin, because they already know about it. You don't have to tell them what sin they do. They know about it. You just emphasize the goodness of God, the forgiveness of God, and that will lead them to repentance. Amen? That's number two. Number one, the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us the hope of being righteous in the eyes of God. Our sins are forgiven. The wretches of sin have been paid fully, eternally, erased, and cleared out by the blood of Jesus once for all. Number two, we need to go tell people that Jesus is alive. And number three, the last one, the meaning of resurrection. Thank God his body is not on this earth anymore. No one could fight Jesus' movie. Uh, Jesus' body, not movie. <laughs> I want to see that you are listening to me or not. <laughs> are you listening? <laughs> Jesus' body could not be found by anybody. The bones of other religious leaders are still around. But there is no bone of Jesus on this earth. Because he is in heaven right now. He rose from the earth and went into heaven in front of more than 500 people in front of their eyes. What is the next meaning of resurrection? It means we have the hope of heaven. We have the hope of heaven. Have you ever thought about heaven? You know, heaven is beyond imagination, beyond our comprehension beyond our understanding, because we have not been there. But many people have gone there and come back to tell us. I watched YouTube about a pastor in Korea who went to heaven and saw what happened in heaven. There's a book written by a professor of neurosurgery, Eben Alexander, in the East Coast, who got severe sickness and died, and he went up to heaven. He came back by the grace of God, and he wrote the book, Bestseller, New York, in New York. I don't remember the name of the book, but it was written by the neurosurgeon who went up to heaven. Heaven is real. Even though you've never seen it, but heaven is real. There is a book that was written by patients who went to heaven and come back. Went to hell and come back. Heaven and hell are real. We know one thing from the Bible. Heaven has street of gold and beautiful place. No sickness, no disease, no pain, no neurosurgeon, no chiropractor, no physical therapy, no hospital, no curses, no demon, no sin, no fighting, no war, no IRS, no election campaign, no lawsuit, we don't need a lawyer there, no traffic ticket, and no taxes. 
In heaven, somebody say that there are two things in life that people in America cannot avoid. Number one, death. Number two, taxes. Death never get worse because after you die, you go to heaven. But taxes can get worse when the Congress meet anytime. So taxes are worse than death to me. Amen. You live on earth here. You may have a lot of question, a lot of question marks in your mind. Why that baby was born handicapped? Why that pers- good person? And I have that question too. I, interestingly, many of my patients who are very good people, very healthy people, and good patients never complain. They got some complication like infection or the fusion in the neck or back failed. They have to go back and do it again. I look at them. You're so young. You don't even smoke. You don't even drink alcohol. And you are good people, but complication happened to you. I could not explain. There's so many things in, on this earth. The question mark is in our mind. But one thing that we know for sure is that one day we're going to be in heaven. And when we get to heaven, there's no more question mark. Jesus said, now while you're living on earth, just endure hardships. Do the best you can. Honor God. Fight the good fight of the faith. Be honest. And one day when you go to heaven, there will not be any more tragedy, more question mark, no sickness, no curse, no disease, no poverty, no lack, no hunger anymore. No tears. You will not lose your hair anymore. You will stay young forever. You're going to look like 18 to 20 years old forever there with a new body on you. Thank God. You don't need to face sickness or surgery anymore when you go to heaven. And not only that, Jesus said this in John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. Jesus was raised from the dead. He did not go up to heaven and do nothing. And just sit around, kicking his leg up on the couch and watch TV. This is what he said. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God and believe also in me. In my Father's house, heaven, are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare. What is Jesus doing in heaven? He is preparing a place for you. Wow. I need to tell God what kind of house I like. I like former house, marble. I like good house. I need to tell God to prepare the right house for me. And I will have one request. My house needs to be close to Pasadena House. And to the New Hope International Church member house. Amen. I'll go and prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. This is the meaning of resurrection. Not only that, today. Our sins are forgiven. The past sin, the present sin, and future sin. It's been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. By his stripes, we can be healed. He took our infirmity and iniquity and shame and rejection on him and gave us love, acceptance, grace, and favor. Not only that, we need to go out and tell people the goodness of Jesus. And the last thing, what resurrection means to us. We are not hopeless people. We know that after we die, we will be in heaven for eternity. There will not be any clock, any iPhone that you need to look at the time. 
Because in eternity there is no time limit. We cannot live there for eternity in the presence of the Almighty God. Let us prepare our house together. Let us live for the kingdom. One day we're going to stand before the living Jesus, and He say, "Come in. This is your home. Come in. This is your reward. I put the cloud of glory on you. You will get the glory." Because you have served me faithfully on this earth, you live for me, and I give you the reward, my dear brother and sister. That's what I make decision to do. I believe in Jesus. I know that my sins have been forgiven, and I need to tell people around the world that God is good to me, and He's still good to me. Believe me, if He's not good, I would leave Christianity long time ago. I've been a Christian for 33 years now. He's still good to me every day. He performed so many many miracles for me, miracles of healing, provision, protection, all kinds of miracle. Because he's still the living God, he's still watching over me. And not only that, I know that one day when I die, no one live on earth forever. One, when I die, I will in one second show up in heaven. His angel will come and take me to heaven, and I will meet Jesus face to face on that day. And I will smile because I have done my best on this earth to serve Him and to live for Him. I have the hope of heaven. Amen. Other religion teaches that we have the hope of eternal death. I used to believe in one religion that teaches to be dead forever and never show up again. I'm thankful to God. I have the hope of eternal life because Jesus was raised from the dead. Today, after you listen to this message, I hope that you make the choice to allow Jesus to forgive your sin. How many people in this room have never seen even one sin in your life? Raise your hand up. I dare not raise my hand. Never lie. Never get mad. Never have bad attitude. Raise your hand up. Is there anyone in this room saying, "I want to go to heaven after I leave this world"? Raise your hand up. Amen. Jesus went there to prepare a place for you. What you need to do today is to come to God the way you are. You repent of your sin, and you say, "God, I want to turn back to you now. I will live the way of the world and follow you." You just make a simple confession to Jesus, Lord. You are my God and my Savior. You died for me. You were raised from the dead. You are alive today. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving my sin. From today on, you will be my God and my Savior. You just make that simple confession to Him. He receives you into His kingdom right away, and from that moment on, you enter into the new life. And that's what happened to me 30 plus years ago. I'm so glad I made that decision. If you want to do that. Why don't you pray with me? I will lead you to prayer. How many people say, "I want to have eternal life. I want to know Jesus. I want to come back home to follow Jesus." Pray with me right now. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for sending your Son Jesus to pay the price for me. Thank you, Lord, 
that Jesus is not in the tomb. He was raised from the dead, and he is alive. Lord Jesus, my living God and Savior, I invite you to come into my life. I repent of my sin. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me. I want to start a new life with you, Lord. Lord, I know I did not come from monkey or apes. I was created in the image of God. Lord, receive me. You are the resurrected one. I will see you again, Lord, in heaven. I will have eternal life in heaven, and I will have super abundant life, victorious life on earth. We thank you, Lord. I'm born again today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Congratulations! Wonderful. That is the best decision you make because it will change your destiny to the greatness of God and your eternal life as well. Amen. If you accept Jesus today, you need to keep your faith by reading the Bible, fellowshipping with Christians. Going to church, learning the word of God, praying, spending time with God, serving God. Amen. Hallelujah. We hope this message has brought you joy and peace this Easter celebration. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at two zero six two seven five one zero four two. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. Happy Easter. The Lord gave us Jesus Christ. I'm going to praise Him.